Hi, everybody. I'm Jerry Wicker, the host of the Savvy Beach Bums podcast, which is a personal development podcast focused on exploring the day-to-day behavior we all engage in that determine the results we gain in our lives. It's where I share simple strategies you can use to help you live the beach bum life, which is a life of freedom like a beach bum without being broke. You can always check out all the latest with the Savvy Beach Bums podcast on our blog, which is SavvyBeachBums.wordpress.com. You can email us at SavvyBeachBums at Outlook.com. And be sure to click subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts to the Savvy Beach Bums podcast. And as always, Beach Bums and Mermaids, Live free. Peace. Right now, though, let's get back to more of the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast with my good friend, Royce Bottom. Hello, and welcome to the Jesus and a Cup of Joe podcast, the show that brings you a conversation about Jesus, the Bible, and life. Here is your host, Royce Bottoms. Hey, I want to welcome all of you back to Jesus in the Cup of Joe. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule to spend it with me. Hope and pray you're having a fantastic day. Got your great Cup of Joe and you're ready to go. We are going to continue our study of the book of Acts. Last week, I covered chapter one and a little bit of chapter two. Uh, this week, I want to cover chapter two and three. But before I get into today's study, I want to do a recap of chapter one for the ones that may not had an opportunity to listen to last week's episode and to kind of tie everything together as we push forward. Um, we know that this is written by Luke. The, the book of Acts is written by Luke. This is happening right after the Gospels. Um, he is writing to uh, Theopolis and he is sharing all of this information that's going on. And when Luke wrote... Uh, he was writing the Gospels of everything that Jesus began to do. He was also uh, making sure that he documented everything, and he wanted to make sure that nothing was left out. As we know, um, starting in verse 1, we see that Jesus is taken up into heaven, but before he leaves, he tells them that the disciples do not leave Jerusalem, but wait on the gift of my Father that is promised, that you heard me speak about. John baptized with water, but in a few days you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Of course, the disciples are also asking during this time, when is Jerusalem going to be taken over and be brought back to uh, to the people? And Jesus uh, tells them that that they don't. No one knows the time or the date that the Father has set forth. Of course, this is also when Jesus is taken up after spending forty days with the disciples after the resurrection. And the angels tell them that Jesus is coming back the same way that he was taken. Then uh, we see in verse 12 where the disciples return to Jerusalem and they go up to a room. And this is where all of the disciples were present. Uh, Peter, John, James, Andrew, Philip, Thomas, Bartholomew, Matthew, and the, uh, James, the son of Alphaeus, Simon the Zealot, and Judas, the son of uh, James along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, and his brothers. And this is where they go ahead and they start to replace Judas, who betrayed Jesus, as we know, for 30 coins. And this is where uh, Mathis is is chosen. And then we get to basically uh, chapter 2. And chapter 2 is the Holy Spirit that comes at Pentecost. 
So that's where we're going to pick up. I know I read some of that last week, but this is where we're going to pick up today. Um, there's a lot of information to to share in this. So um, you guys, I hope you uh, can follow along if you have your Bible. And so it says, um, when the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place and suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came into heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. And they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that was separated that come rest that came to rest on each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in tongues as the Spirit enabled them. And so here we see the time of Pentecost. And understand that um, 50 days after Passover, the Pentecost was called the Festival of Weeks. And it was one of the three major annual festivals, according to De Deuteronomy 16.16, 16, Festival of Thanksgiving and, har and the Harvest Crops. And Jesus was crucified during the Passover time. He ascended into heaven for 40 days after his resurrection. And the Holy Spirit came 50 days after the resurrection and 10 days after the ascension. The Jews, as many as the nation, gathered in Jerusalem for this festival. And this is why Peter was given such an uh, international audience in result of a worldwide harvest of new believers that was converted into Christianity. And that's the section I'm reading out of the study notes. So if we get into uh, verse 5, it says, They were all staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. And when they heard the sound, one crowd come together and was bewildered because each of them heard in their own language spoken. Utterly amazed, they asked, aren't these who are speaking Galilean? How is each of them able to talk in our native tongue? And it lists out the, all of the different nations that were represented, and they were trying to figure out what it means. So let's, let's do a quick little summary of this. They're all in the upper room where Jesus told them to come. And all of a sudden, the uh, the Holy Spirit comes in as a big moving wind and little fires. So if you can imagine a little flame uh, landing upon each of them above their head, and they are being filled with the Holy Spirit. And some have have questioned this in a sense of their, they were trying to make sense of it. This is the way I understand it, and this is the way I perceived it when I read the scriptures. Each of them were baptized, all the disciples, all 12 of them were baptized that day with the Holy Spirit. Now, they would go out and go forth and baptize others, but that day they were baptized with the Holy Spirit because it, it was what the promise of Jesus, when we look back over in verse 1, where he says, for John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. So this was their baptism. This was their seal to be saved, and they were, they belonged to Jesus. All right. And so now we see that that they're speaking in tongues. All of these countries are represented. All these people are hearing these disciples speak in their tongue. And so now they're trying to figure out what it means, okay? So when we're looking at this, and I'm looking at the study notes, and it says, uh, when the large crowd gathered that something supernatural was taking place, they naturally wanted an explanation. And at this point, Peter stepped forward and explained the truth about God. 
This is the pattern in our own lives, and hopefully we are living in such a way that people see Christ in us. If we do shine and sparkle like Matthew 5.14 or Philippians 2.15 says, then we are salty according to Matthew 5.13, and we will get others' attention. And they will surely want to know what is so attractive and what is different about us so we can explain hope, which is found in 1 Peter 3.15, and what is different in our lives and what the supernatural evidence is that, that people can see and what does it mean. So what the the study notes is telling us is this, is the Holy Spirit lives in us. If you are a believer in Christ and you have given your life to Jesus, the Holy Spirit resides in you. And we must live the way Lord tells us to live, the way Jesus tells us that we should that we should live. We are the salt of the earth. We are the light of the world. And as long as the light of Jesus is shining out of us and we are salty, which means we we are changed, we are different. Okay. And as my Sunday school teacher has said this, and uh I'm gonna try to make the quote uh repeat the quote, I should say, and hopefully I don't mess it up. But he said there was an author that wrote one time that you either die or you're born twice and die once, or you you are born once and you die twice. And what that means is if you are born twice, it means that you are born in your natural sense, but then you are born again as a Christian and you only die one death, which is the physical death. But if you're only born once and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you're going to die two deaths. You're going to die your, your natural death and your spiritual death. I thought that was a very good analogy when he shared that with us today. And that's why I wanted to share it with you guys. So the Holy Spirit comes. We see this. Now, all of a sudden, some of them are making fun. Some of these people are making fun of the disciples. At this time, they are apostles because they've been filled. Disciples are ones that are learning from a master and, a, and an apostle is the one that's out carrying the message. And now these are messengers for, for the Lord. So they're apostles and they start making fun of them and asking them if they had too much wine, because now they think they're drunk. All right. Now, remember last week I said that Peter did a 180. He did a turnaround. All of a sudden he is um, filled with a spirit he is emboldened and now he is about to jump up and, and speak. And it says here in verse 14, then Peter stood up with the 11 and raised his voice and addressed the crowd, fellow Jews and all of you that live in Jerusalem. Let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I'm saying. These people are not drunk as you suppose. I'm only nine. It's only nine in the morning. No, this is not what was spoken by the prophet Joel, which is in these days, God says, pour out your spirit on all the people. The sons and the daughters will, will prophesy. The young man will see visions and the old man will dream dreams. Even on the servants, both men and women, I will pour my spirit into those days and you will prophesy. And I will show you wonders of, of earth and above the signs. The, I'm sorry show you wonders in the heavens above the signs of the earth below. Fire and blood will bellow with smoke. The sun will be as dark as the moon will be blood, and there will be a great coming of the glorious day of the Lord. For whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I'll draw your attention to 21, okay? 
And so looking at the notes, not everything mentioned in Joel is happening at this particular morning, the last days, including the days between Christ's first and second coming and other ways of saying from now on the great and glorious day of the Lord. Now we need to understand at Pentecost, the Holy Spirit was raised throughout the entire world, men, women, slaves, Jews, and Gentiles. And now everyone who, who can receive the Spirit and the revelation, the revolution starts with the first century Jews. But listen, remember this though, when we're looking at verse 21, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. And that's very important to know. Okay. This is the beginning of the churches. This is the, the beginning of the church to where they start to, um, to create the church in a sense. Okay. We need to understand this, that this is the time that, that some people call it speaking in tongues, but this is where they are speaking all these different languages. And these are people who, who probably never studied these languages and all of a sudden they're, they're, they're talking. Okay. So we pick up in verse 22 and it says the fellow Israelites listen to, to this Jesus of Nathers, a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did give among you through him. As all of yourselves know, this man was handed over to you by God with a deliberate plan and a foreknowledge and was raised from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death because it is impossible for death to keep a hold on him. David said about him, I saw the Lord before me because he is he is at my right hand. I will not be shaken. Therefore, my heart is glad. My tongue rejoices. My body will always rest in hope. So we see that they're continuing that Paul is, con, uh, I'm sorry, Peter is continuing to speak and to explain everything that happens. One of the uh, study notes that I want to bring to your attention is um, Peter had been an unstable leader during Jesus' ministry, leading to his downfall and even denying Jesus, as we spoke about. But Christ has forgiven and restored him. And this is a new Peter, humbled and bold. His confidence comes from the Holy Spirit, who made him powerful and a dynamic speaker. And so that right there is something I draw your attention to. As I said, he did a 180. This was Peter who ran away. All of a sudden, he's emboldened with the Holy Spirit. Now he is addressing this large crowd. And we pick up in um, verse 29 where it says, The fellow Israelites, I could tell you with confidence, uh, David died and was buried, and his tomb is here on uh, to this day. He was a prophet, and he knew God that, that had promised him an oath that would take place in his descendants on his throne. Seeing what has come, he has spoken of the resurrection of the Messiah. He has not abandoned the realm of the dead, nor is his body decayed. God is God has raised this Jesus to life. And we are all witnesses of that. And so now we are seeing where he where uh Paul I keep saying Paul, where Peter, sorry, keeps addressing the, the, the group. It says, 36, therefore, let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom was crucified, 
both Lord and Messiah. And when all the people hear this, they they cut it cut into the heart and said to Peter and to each other, Brothers, what shall we do? 38. Peter replied, Repent and be baptized. Every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ is forgiven of your sins. And if you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, this promise is for you and your children and all of you far off, for whom the Lord our God is called. And let's see, with many words that he warned them, he, he pled with them and save yourselves from this corrupt generation. And those who accept the message and were baptized, there were about 3,000 added to the number that day. And so I draw your attention to that number of 3,000. Twelve disciples, now apostles, were given the Holy Spirit. They were saved. They were baptized by the Holy Spirit. And now through Peter's message to the masses, 3,000 are saved. 3,000 are added to the numbers with the disciples. So now we're looking at the fact that we are seeing such a great movement. We are seeing a powerful uh, spirit-led message from Peter. And the people were moved and asked, what shall we do? Which they started asking these questions. And now they see that they must repent and be baptized. This is what they do. And it says about 3,000 people became new believers when Peter preached the good news about Christ. These new Christians were uh, united under other believers that were taught by the apostles, including the prayer meeting and and fellowship. The new believers in Christ needed to be in a group so they could learn God's word and pray and mature in their faith. It's just the beginning of the relationship with Christ, seeking out other believers in our fellowships and our teachings, and this is how we grow. That's the study note, and I will agree with that. We have to be together and study together and pray together because as believers in Christ, as followers in Christ, this is what we need to do. Okay, we see this, and now we see them adding themselves to the numbers. We see the fellowship of the believers, and now we see that Peter is getting ready to perform what I call a miracle. It says, on this day, Peter and John, who were going from the temple at the time of prayer, uh, three in the afternoon, there was a man who was lame from birth. Uh, He was being carried from the temple to the gate called Beautiful. This is where he was put every day to beg for those that were going into the temple. And when Peter and John was about to enter, he asked them for money and Peter looked straight at him. And so did John. And Peter said, look at us. So this man, them, uh, gave him his attention and expecting to get something from them. All right, verse six, this is in chapter three, verse six, says, Peter said, he says, silver and gold, I do not have, but what I do have, I'll give to you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Talking, uh, taking him by the right hand, they helped him up and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped up to his feet and began to walk. And then they went straight into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. And when the people saw this man walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit and beg at the temple gates that was called beautiful. And they were filled with wonders and amazed on what just happened. So what I like about chapter three, right off the bat, what I like about that is when 
when uh, Peter and John is going into the temple and they see this man begging, who is lame, who can't walk. And he says that uh, silver and gold I do not have, but what I do have I'll give you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Get up and walk. And so you got to understand this, the, the Holy Spirit has ascended, has, has moved in to these disciples and they were given gifts of being able to heal and be able to do the miracles that, that Jesus did. These, these men were given those gifts. Now, we as, as followers and believers of Christ, some may have different gifts given to us from the Holy Spirit. Some have um, the gift of teaching. Some have the gift of preaching. Some have the gift of, of studies or, or whatever. We all have these gifts. So, but these men were filled with the ability to, to perform miracles. And I was looking through um, the notes and it says here that the gate called beautiful was the entrance to the temple, uh, not to the cities. And it was the favorite entrance of most people who passed through the city on their way to worship, giving money to beggars were considered praiseworthy in the Jewish religion. So begging wisely and place, placing people there at the gates was something normal. Said this crippled man was asking for money, but Peter gave him something much better. Uh, the use of his legs and how often we ask God to solve our small problems, but he wants to give us a new life and help us with all of our problems. So when we ask God to help us, he may say, I got something better for you. And as God, ask God for what you want. And don't be surprised if he gives you what you stand in need of. And that is true. And I will, I will tell you that is true. And I can tell you in my own life that this is true. There is things that I've I've prayed for and say, Lord, I need this happen in my life. I want this to happen. And it may or may not happen, but I will tell you what will happen. God will give me not what I want, but what I stand in need of. And that's very important for us today to understand that difference. There will be things that we want, but there are a lot of things that we stand in need of. And that's what God will answer. And the Lord will answer this in different ways. Now, don't expect this. Do not expect this to happen right away. Remember, I've always said in all my different episodes here on this podcast that our timing and the Lord's timing is two separate timings. We want things now, but the Lord knows when the perfect time is to give it to us. So we know right here in chapter three that Peter, like I said, he heals the lame beggar. And then Peter speaks to the onlookers. And this is in verse 11. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to this place called Solomon's Concade. And uh, when Peter saw this, he said to them, fellow Israelites, why do you, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us if by our own power and godliness, we made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and the God of our fathers has glorified his servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed and disowned before Pilate. Through he has decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one, and you asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are the witness of this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see now has been made strong. It is Jesus' name and faith that comes through 
and completely healed him, as you can see. So I'll stop right there before I get into verse 17. So Peter, in my opinion, has had enough. All right. That's why Peter challenged them and said, look, this is, as I'm going to go back, this is the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and God our fathers, which glorified his servant named Jesus, that you handed over him to be killed. And so right off the bat, he to me, he's hitting them. He's hitting them square between the eyes. Look, you're looking at us like we did this. We didn't do this. This man named Jesus did this. The same man that you turned over to be crucified. The same man that was buried and God raised him from the dead because he is God's son. And that's what, that's what, in my opinion, that's what Peter is trying to tell him. And so when he had this audience, he capitalized on this opportunity to share Jesus. And he, he told him who Jesus was. Why, how the Jews rejected him, their rejection was fatal and they need to change their certain, their current situation and they need to start following Jesus. And Peter told the crowd that they had a choice. They could either follow Jesus or not. And that's what he was doing. He took the opportunity to speak up. And something I will challenge you guys on is this. When you get an opportunity to speak up, when you get an opportunity to tell someone about Jesus, do you take it? Or are you one of these people that says, hey, I need to do this, but, and you come up with an excuse. I used to do that. All right. I used to do that. I used to cower away from things. When the spirit led me and to say, hey, you need to go talk to this person. I cowered away and said, no, I don't want to cause no problems. I don't want to rock no boats. I can tell you what, here in 2023, I am all about doing what the Holy Spirit tells me to do. If it says go talk to somebody about something, I'm going to make a way to do it. I promise you that. Because you know what? Look at the world we're living in, ladies and gentlemen. Look around us today, what we're looking at. Something else that was brought from Sunday School's uh, message this morning, and we're studying the book of Revelation in Sunday School, but I wanted to do the study of the book of Acts. But something I thought was interesting is complacency. Complacency kills. And as a former fireman, I can tell you that complacency kills when you become complacent, when you become the norm. And it's become, well, whatever, you know, I'll, I'll be accepting of this. Things start to change. All right. Not only in the fire service, which will kill you, but look at today's television with all of the homosexualities, the uh, transgenderism and all of this that's in our face on television, on social media, uh, in our news, wherever we look, it's there. And it's because we've come complacent and we've become accepted to this. And we can't do that no longer. We are separate people and we need to stand our ground and we need to tell the world about Jesus because they need to hear it. Okay? They need to hear it. So, as I get finished with uh, chapter 3 right here, when he's talking to the onlookers, he says, um, let's see, verse 17, Now you fellow Israelites, I know that you acted in ignorance as did your leaders, but this is how God fulfilled what he had foretold through the prophets, saying that this Messiah would suffer. Repent then and turn to God, and so that your sins may be wiped out, and the times of refreshing may come from the Lord. And he may send the Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus, heaven must receive him until the time comes for God to restore everything as he promised long ago through the holy prophets. For Moses said, The Lord your God will raise you a prophet like me from among the 
are people. You must listen to everything he tells you. Anyone who does not listen will be completely cut off from their people. Indeed, the beginning of Samuel, of all prophets, who have spoken and foretold these days, you are the heirs of the prophets of this covenant God made with your fathers. He said to Abraham, through your offspring, all people on earth will be blessed. And when God raised up his servant, he sent him first to bless you in by turning each of you from your wicked ways. And so to wrap up on, on chapter three, we see that this is where uh, Peter goes back and he, and, he, and he goes back into the Old Testament, which is what they're following at this time is all of the the uh, the laws of Moses back then. And so this is where he's saying, look, there is no need of laws of Moses anymore because Jesus came. He came and did exactly what he needed to do. He fulfilled the prophecy that was foretold by all these prophets, whether it was through Moses or through Samuel, as I just read. We see that there was the coming Messiah and the Messiah was Jesus Christ. And when he came, the people rejected him. But it's because of the great movement of the churches, this is where we see things starting to, to spread, okay? So that's chapter uh, 2 and chapter 3 of the book of Acts. As I said, we see, as a quick little uh, recap, we see that this is where the Holy Spirit came down upon them. Um, we see 3,000 people were saved. We see them speaking in tongues. We see where Peter is seriously emboldened. And in my opinion, he gets right in their faces and he says, look, I got something to tell you. This is the same man you rejected. This is the man that you need. And his name is Jesus. And he, he just tells them, he just tells them because he's, he's going back and he's, he's explaining to them through all of the different laws and all the different scrolls that they follow of the Old Testament. He's, he's connecting the dots in my opinion. Okay. He's connecting the dots. So next week, we're going to get into chapter four. It looks like chapter four is a little s small, so we may be able to get some chapter five. I will say chapter five is a little longer, so we'll see how we go on timing, okay? So once again, thank you so much for listening and uh, subscribing to this podcast. Thank you so much for supporting this ministry. If you will, go to JesusAndACupOfJoe.com. Um, there you'll find everything that you need that's uh, the podcast the merchandise store, the blog page, and the donation. If you feel like you want to donate, you feel like this is a uh, podcast and a ministry you'd like to support, by all means do. If not, I fully understand. Okay, so it's my pleasure to be with you guys today. Thank you so much. Uh, may God bless each and every one of you. And remember, you always start your day with Jesus and a cup of joe. God bless. Hey, this is Royce from Jesus and a Cup of Joe. Are you in the market trying to find a great gift and not sure what to do? Why don't you check out my friends at Artisans Woodwork 73? They are your one-stop shop for all of your wood needs. They do handmade cutting boards, cheese boards, stovetop covers, you name it, he can make it. So won't you check them out, artisanswoodwork73.com. And if you use the promo code, hashtag Jesus and a Cup of Joe, you can get up to 10% off your order.